Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 12 of the Dugout Discussion Podcast. I'm Jack. I'm Max. I'm Noah. And um, guys, let's let's uh, let's clap for the Padres. Yeah, right. Let's clap for the Padres because, holy crap, like, <laughs> like in, in the span of 48 hours, mm-hmm. they went from a borderline top five team to arguably the best in the league. Um, uh, three days ago, they traded for Blake frickin' Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays, which I will talk about that first. Um, 2018 Cy Young winner. 20, 2018 Cy Young winner. He pitched that, uh, he pitched, uh, game six for the Rays. And I mean, there was like rumors about him being like on the market. I didn't think it was going to mm-hmm. actually happen. Yeah. I mean, I saw this on, saw this on it the other day. I would crack a joke about trading Blake Snell with three years left on his contract, but this isn't the first time this year that the Rays have pulled the plug on him early. Mm-hmm. No, true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so they received – the Rays got Luis Patino and Cole Wilcox, both pitchers, and then they, they received catcher Francisco Mejia, who actually used to be, like, very well regarded, mm-hmm. and then this guy named Blake Hunt. Um, and Oh, wait. I'm sorry. What did you see, Francisco Mejia? Yeah. Did they trade him away, or I, I didn't even yeah, look they, at the... they? Tr- the Padres traded him to the Rays. Oh wow, that's. I mean, okay, we'll talk about it. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for Blake Snell, mm-hmm. who I honestly at at the beginning I was kind of like, that's a lot to give up for a guy who will give you. Because remember, Blake Snell had a tough time going deep in games. I mean, he went four or five innings. Yeah. But then I was like, no, this dude, looking at the past, I mean, he he won the 2018 Cy Young for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the thing. I mean, we'll, we'll transition to this a little bit later when we talk about Bauer. But it, it seemed like the, the trade was fit for him, right? Like, it, it seemed reasonable when you look at it objectively. Which, yeah. I, which I think is, one, good for the game, but also just like, as much as I think the Padres won, it's not like the, the the Rays were just left with nothing. They got some decent players. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They. Uh, Snell was talking about how the the Padres are. Uh, he's very excited. He was saying that they were. Um, they were a swaggy team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, he wow. went four and two with a three two four ERA in eleven starts during twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and then he. Obviously pitched very well in the playoffs. Yes. Um, you know, that last game was something else. But I remember thinking, like, the Padres rotation. Mm-hmm. Remember last year they had Chris Paddock, and that was it. Yeah. And now now they've got... Lamette, too. Don't forget about Danielle Simon. Danielle Simon. But now they have... They acquired Clevenger. They have mm-hmm. Lamette. They have oh. Paddock. Oh. They have Snell. Uh-huh. They have this guy named Mackenzie Gore, uh-huh. who's like one of the top pitching prospects in a loaded farm system. Yeah. And uh, oh, by the way, mark my words, Mackenzie Gore is going to be filthy. I've seen this dude pitch in high school. You know what is his uh, across four years in high school? In his here. ERA was point zero nine. Shit. Um, and so you got this team with those guys. In that rotation, and then they go and add you, Darvish, twenty four hours later. <laughs> yeah, 
I think you Darvish was definitely the cherry on top. I mean, obviously, like, what they got initially was great, but, I mean, I think we were talking about this. You Darvish hasn't really had a bad year. The only reason he had, like, bad years was because of the whole cheating scandal, and that really kind of set him aside for, like, a, uh, for, like, a year or two, but I, I think he was... Wasn't he good last year? Like, wasn't he above average? He was... Well, he, he came yeah. second in Cy Young voting, but to be honest with you guys... I think we're jumping the gun on talking about you, Darvish. I think there's still so much more to cover on this Blake Snell trade. All right, let's hear it, bro. Let's hear it, let's hear it. Um, I mean, A, you're looking at the amount of players that mm-hmm. the, the Padres gave up. They gave up right-handed pitcher Luis Patino, uh, catcher Francisco Mejia, who's a major major league catcher, but, you know, he's kind of a fringe player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't have a whole lot of history, but he's there. Uh Right-handed pitcher Cole Wilcox and catcher Blake Hunt. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that I really think we're missing in this deal is the fact that, like, what what exactly are the Rays doing? Like, they were just in the World oh. Series, mm-hmm. and they just traded their best pitcher away. It's like, well, 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 what direction are they going now? Are they... True. Have they, have they decided that their window is closed and they're going to try and restock? Do they think that they're still deep enough to make another deep postseason run? Uh, uh, I really don't understand exactly why they made this trade. I know he was on the market. I kind of thought that they were just kind of floating his name around to see what they could get for him without actually doing anything. Mm -hmm. The teams will do that. They'll, you know, they'll float players to other teams just to see what the trade market is at uh, for said player. Um, it surprised. It really surprised me that he got traded to the Padres. Um, but credit where credit is due, the Rays are probably the most successful organization in baseball mm-hmm. right now. Um, I'm not talking championships. I'm talking about as an organization, they're in the best position. They just made the World Series. They just made six games in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a top three to, like, five farm system in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just added uh, a bunch of young arms that mm-hmm. have a lot of upside. Uh, a lot of the guys in that deal, Patino is the best prospect in that deal. Uh, he's had a fantastic uh, minor league minor league uh, career. He's borderline and they'll be ready, and so that'll be interesting to see where he goes. But for Blake Snell going to San Diego, I think, is an amazing fit for him. I think it's an amazing fit for the Padres. They're adding to what is already a very strong team, and they're adding to what they're they're fixing their weakness. They're turning their weakness into a strength with its pitching. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the U Darvish trade, and I'll let you guys talk about that. I, I, so <clears throat> the trade, the, the whole transaction was um, – uh, you Darvish and Victor Caratini, who mm-hmm. is Darvish's personal catcher, are going to San Diego, right? right? Like you get Darvish, it makes sense to get his catcher too. Got the battery with him too. Yeah, and then in return, the Cubs acquired Zach Davies, uh, who was a, I believe I, we saw him pitch in the playoffs last year, um, for the Padres, and four very young prospects, um, outfielders Owen. Casey, who's mm-hmm. 18, Ismail Mania, who's 18, and shortstops Reggie Perchiato, who's 17, and Jason Santana, who's 20. So 
I did not know their ages. My eyes were bold on that. Yeah. 18, 18, 17, 20. Um, Talk about just they're, they're they're my age. Like they're our age. Yeah, let me <laughs> let me let me give you some background on these guys actually. I follow this really awesome Instagram account. You guys know my fascination with prospects. True. Yeah. Um Ben Balder on Instagram posts mm-hmm. a lot about prospects before you know their prospects. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah, a lot of stuff from the Dominican leagues and super young guys coming up who are 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, Reggie Preciado um, is a switch hitting shortstop. He's 6'4. He signed for $1.3 million at age 16, and he's from Panama. He's currently Baseball America's number 12-ranked international signing in the class of 2019. Damn, that's 12th ranked with just those initial stats of like who he is? That's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, uh, I've, seen some, I've seen some video on him, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he looks like a stud. Uh, he's got some pop in his bat. And then uh, the other player, the other big-name player in that deal is Male Mania. Um, is a speedy Dominican center fielder who signed for $2.2 million at age 16 and is uh, ranked 16 in the international signing from last year. So the Cubs are getting some very young, young prospects that are going to probably take some time to develop, but these guys have very high upside, and I am a big fan of teams going after the international yeah. sign pools because that's where the talent is at. Mm-hmm. So to me, this looks like a, uh, in a sense, this looks like a salary dump for the Cubs. Um, or well, it, it definitely signifies the beginning of a rebuild, without a doubt. Um, Agreed. And yeah. I think, I mean, with the Cubs, you know, they they non tendered uh, Kyle Schwarber. They did what? Yeah, they did a couple of about about a month ago. Um, the Jed Hoyer's our new GM, right? Our, our uh, president of baseball operations, um, and it, this is a salary relief move. Um, San Diego had the had the uh, you know they have the prospect depth to pull this off. I mean, you got to remember, San Diego has a hell of a farm system. Like they are. You know they're stacked, and um, I think it's kind of sad. I uh, one of my friends sent me on, this on Instagram. The only people that are left from the 2016 World Series run for the Cubs are Jason Hayward, Wilson Contreras, uh, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Kyle Hendricks, and Anthony Rizzo, and I guess in a sense David Ross. He's the manager. Yeah. But that's uh it hits home, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think the Cubs are definitely making a right choice by to rebuild now. I think they need to if I'm if I'm Jed Hoyer, I I trade Rizzo as soon as I can get a reasonable package for him, and I'm trading Chris Bryant after he lifts his value, hopefully. I'll bank on Chris Bryant coming back in 2021 and playing well, um, and then I would trade him too. And then they have some, and then they have some bullpen pieces and some pitchers that they can trade as well. And I think they're definitely going to start rebuilding, which is organizationally a smart move for them. 
But yeah. San Diego basically just dumping all of their prospects, all of their farm system for... And it, it really, they're really pulling a Yankees move. Uh, they they paid Manny Machado. Uh, Tatis is going to get paid. Snell is going to get paid. And E. Darvish is a big name, and he's getting paid. Like These are all very expensive players they've had to give a lot up for, a lot of assets up for. What do you guys think the expectation is for the Padres going into this year? Well, I think initially it's just like, the Dodgers kind of forced their hand, right? The Dodgers were so dominant in who they picked up and what they performed last like last season that like if anybody wanted to compete with them, hence the Padres, they would have to do something like this. So I mean, I think they made all the right moves that that were like in their disposal. Like they picked up a really good like B B plus pitcher with Darvish, and then they picked up an A minus B plus pitcher with with Snow. I mean, I think it. Uh, from that perspective, at least, it, it, it's a pretty smart move. And I think they will perform. I, I cannot imagine that that team doesn't, you know, finish top two in their division, you know? Like, it would, it would be impressive to me if they didn't. If I'm a Padres fan, I am very, very, very excited right now. Not just for the obvious reasons, but the thing is, the Padres didn't part with anything they're going to miss, right? Like, you know, they acquired Austin Nola last year. Mm-hmm. Or at the trade deadline, and that made their their young guy Francisco Mejia expendable. Mm-hmm. And then you know Luis Patino is is very talented, but it's not like the Padres are short on like um, you know young young pitching prospects. Like I was just talking about Mackenzie Gore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Padres are really doing exactly what teams should be doing. Mm-hmm. They're they're spending money, right? Like they you gave the big bucks to Machado. They they signed or I'm uh, Eric Cosmer too. Um, they're training for you know guys that are gonna do something. Yeah. You know, Darvish, and- Snell, uh, uh, Mike Clevenger, and they're and they're you know they're developing on their they're developing their own players. Paddock, Tatis, um, <laughs> sooner or later Mackenzie Gore, um, Denelson Lamet. Yeah, it's. This is probably one of the best teams in the game. Well, obviously it is, but this is a... I think the Padres are right up there now with the Dodgers and the Yankees. Yeah, I, I definitely think the, the the Padres, I believe, performed a, a perfect rebuild. I think their rebuild is done. Yeah. I think this year is World Series or bust for them. True. Uh, they built up a very, very strong farm system. Uh, such a strong farm system, in fact, that they could choose which players they wanted and didn't want. The yeah. players that didn't fit their plan, they traded for guys like Blake Snell and you Darvish, among other players that are going to help them right now, um, which I think is exactly how you do it. Um, except the one thing that we forgot to bring up or haven't brought up yet, not that we forgot, was... The um, the Hassan Kim signing. Oh yeah, yeah. With the ABO, they mm-hmm. signed a very touted uh, infielder. Um, he's 25 years old, out of the Korean baseball organization. Um, he's from. He played for the Kiwoon Heroes. Um, he hit this last year. He hit 306 with 30 home runs. 
119 RBIs with 111 runs scored and 23 stolen bases. Yeah, he's a slugger. Yeah. The dude rakes, but I'm really interested to see what they do with him because he's a middle infielder. And their middle infield is arguably... The, he Well, he's a third baseman shortstop, really, by trade, but he's an infielder. But their infield is stacked. Um, they have Manny Machado at third. They have Tatis at shortstop. They have Cronenworth, who nearly won rookie of the year at second, and they have Eric Hosmer at first. I don't know if they're going to try and slide him into the outfield somewhere. I don't know if they might move Cronenworth to the outfield somewhere or what they're going to do, but this is a very big signing for them. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is going under the radar, too, because of the other two trades. Exactly. Um, I could see... I know Tommy Pham. I'm looking at the projected starting lineup right now for the Padres, and... Right now you got Grisham in center, Tatis at short, Manny Machado at third, Eric Hosmer playing first, and then you have Tommy Pham in left field. Will Myers, who a lot of people forget about, he's in right. Mm. Haseon Kim is batting seventh, playing second base, and you have Austin Nola catching, and then the pitcher at nine. But There's still I, um oh sorry. I just yeah, I mean I I don't want to just bench Cronenworth after him placing no. third in the rookie of the year, but like you might have to, you know. Well, we, there's still the potential for a DH this year, right? I mean, you could work around that. First baseman just automatically goes DH, and then you teach this uh, this new guy how to play first or something along those lines. There's still, like, a lot of, like, gray area, I think, that this DH thing is causing. I could see them I could see them trading Will Myers, moving Cronenworth to the outfield. Yeah. Yeah, Will Myers is the most disposable player there. Will Will Myers or Tommy Pham, one of those two. Yeah, Yeah, one of those. They just got Pham, so I don't really see them moving on from him that quickly. But Myers has been there for a while. He's injury prone. He's been in trade talks forever. Um, I yeah, I I think I think one of those one of the guys in the outfield right now are on the trade block for sure. True. And they could really do a lot with that. They could trade them for prospects to start yeah, regenerating what their they in their farm system. Like they could do a lot right now. They have a lot of. They're in a very good spot as an organization. Yeah, and the, it's it's a note that I think with um whenever someone gets an Asian player, uh, they it's almost they never trade them. It's essentially like they're they, they're kind of stuck on that team forever, which is fine. I'm just saying like they. We have to, or the public has to think about, like, this dude's here to stay. It's someone else that's probably going to go. I've never seen, or at least heard of, like, you know, they've drafted some dude from Japan and they sent him back the next year or something like that. Yeah. Well, there's only one I can think of. That's Deho Lee. But, yeah. um, Yeah, but I feel like Deho, I mean, that's such a different situation with the Mariners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, that's pretty much that on the Padres. I mean... Mm-hmm. Really, all there is to say now. I mean, they are they they're in the driver's perform. seat. They like just they're perform. just perform. Yeah, I think Max is right when he says. I mean, World Series are bust to an extent. Yeah. I mean, it's really good because Darvish has playoff experience. Snell has World Series experience. Um, I think it's World Series or bust. Um, and they all have playoff experience by this point. They were just they just yeah, they were just there. They were just there, so they they got a taste of it. True, that is a playoff team to a T. Even the people they got, even the people that have been there, everybody's ready. There's no like hes- hesitation in that team. October baseball next year is going to be really fun to watch. Prime, prime. Oof. 
I'm thinking you're you might see a White Sox Yankees matchup somewhere in the playoffs. You're, I love that. You might see a Braves Padres or Dodgers Padres series. Uh, some combination of those. Um, Damn, just the worst. Go insane. Uh, the level of competition in baseball right now is very, very excellent. Yeah, it's uh, I think we're I think we're really, you know, maybe a year ago from now or maybe two years ago, it was kind of more of like the, you know, you have the few teams that basement dwellers like the Tigers, the, the I guess the Mariners to an extent where they're just they're hunting for last place, so, that, so they can get high in the draft picks. And I think nowadays you're seeing more teams actually going out there and competing, which is obviously, you know, good for the sport. I think there's more teams being competitive nowadays than there are teams tanking. And I think that's really good to see. Speaking of tanking and Mm. another NL team and another NL team making moves are the um, Pirates further tanking and the Nationals adding Josh Bell. Uh, That surprised me. Mm. first baseman out of pittsburgh it surprised me too i just i just don't know why they needed uh, him you know he's a great player but did the nationals really need josh bell well it's it's more of the other thing other other side of the coin it's oh did why why why, what are the padres doing you mean the pirates sorry potash yeah i might do that again um (laughs) what are the what are the pirates doing you know i think it was smart by the pirates to trade him to be honest with you I Why mean, the that? Pirates have been doing nothing. I think that was a very smart move um, by the Pirates because he's a perennial all-star player. You're clearly not trying to win right now, so why is he on your team? You're trying to your your window is uh, I don't know three to five years from now, probably. Um, that's what they're building towards. Their farm system is getting greatly improved. Um, so why not ship him out? and make him happy and get something in return that you're actually going to use. Cause Josh Bell is wasting both Pittsburgh's and his own time there. Mm-hmm. But, but here's the thing. So Josh Bell was an all-star in 2019. Remember he was in the home run derby. He didn't do all that good, but he, in the first half of 2019, he hit 302 with 27 homers and 84 RBIs. And then since then, he hit, he hit 233 with 10 homers during for the rest of 2019 and then just hit 8 homers in 57 games while batting 226 mm-hmm. in 2020 and Pittsburgh obviously finished last so you know i i i think that bell could have you know was looking at like to be a cornerstone for Pittsburgh but Mm-hmm. It's. I'm a little scratching my head as to why they're trading him after, you know, because they didn't get very much for him. No, they um, got two players for him. You're right about that. And so I'm. I'm scratching my head as to why you would trade him now when he is, you know, not very much value, especially mm-hmm. to how it used to be. But yeah, I mean, on the other side, he's joining the Nationals, and they did not have a good year last year, but they have a good team. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be in there with Juan Soto, Trey Turner. Like, that's a pretty damn nice core, you know? Yeah, they're trying to compete. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know. I don't. Well, I'll tell you, they're not. They're the standard right now is the Dodgers. Um, and so the Padres just made moves to meet that standard or exceed it. Mm-hmm. The Nationals are not at that standard. Yeah, for sure. I don't even. Uh, yeah, they, they have. To- they I have think to play their game, you know. Like they, even when they won, they weren't at the level of the Dodgers. It was just, you know, they had to play their game better. So I mean, they can't afford those crazy trades or numbers. So they have to do these kind of like rinky dinky, like pick up one dude for like three guys, trade two for one kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Nationals are going to be an interesting. The NL East, I think, is going to be a very interesting division this year. Uh, the Braves, we already know what those guys are. Those guys are competing for a World Series. They're, you know, they're right there. Um, they they finished in the National League Championship Series this year, so they're that close. The Mets are making noise. The Mets are have a hell of a rotation. The Nationals have hell of a rotation. Lots of pitching. Um, the Phillies just traded Phillies, for uh, Jose Alvarado. And the yeah. Phillies are making moves. Um I think, I mean, we're not really making any predictions yet, but I think the Annalise is going to look something like Braves. I'll put the Mets in second place, and then the Nationals, and then the Phillies. And then, and then they, you think the Marlins are last? I, I need to think more about the Marlins. The Marlins are that team where it's like, do I trust what they just did Yeah. last year? I need to do more research on them. That's why this isn't an official prediction yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Marlins might be better than the Phillies. Well, the uh, <laughs> I don't blame you for saying that though. The the Phillies added Jose Alvarado. Um, he was a lefty from the Rays. Um, he was filthy back in 2018. I have his stats right here. He went in 70 games. He went. He uh, had eight saves with a 2.39 ERA. And he and he struck out in sixty four innings. He struck out eighty guys. He's filthy. Like he he's a lefty who throws yeah, hard. That's like, I remember watching him. He has that. He had that one. It's like everyone on Instagram. He threw that one two seam to Charlie Blackman, and that thing just literally fell off a table. Like it, it just it just scooted yeah, to the side I've like it was a video. wiffle ball. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's filthy, but he's had elbow and shoulder issues. Um. And they it low on velo so. For the Phillies, it's they have a garbage bullpen. So I mean, I I, I guess like it, it makes sense. Um, putting it, I guess it's a low risk, high reward. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, like with the Rays, like they're 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 parting ways with another guy who's good for them. But it's all part of the plan. I definitely trust the Rays. I yeah, mean, Kevin Cash is pulling something out of our asses, and we just don't know it yet. I trust the Rays, and I. You know what else that could be happening is they they get this prospect haul for these players they're trading, and then they get to the trade deadline in July, and they go, hey, we're missing another arm because we just traded Blake Snell, and we're missing a bullpen arm, and maybe we need another bat. I don't know what the Rays are thinking. I think they need another bat. Now they have a bunch of prospects they can trade to go get that at the deadline. Yeah. Or whichever players are performing at the midway point in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that, it's smart. Um but we'll see what they do. They never stay complacent, which I think is one of the best things they do as an organization. Um, so, yeah. 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 Um, that's, that's. I mean, I guess you could say that the Tigers signed Jose Urania to a one-year deal. Uh, that's a, you know, threw, this, threw it, 
Acuna, Acuna a couple of years ago. It's it's always it's always so hard reporting for these like shitty teams because it's like yeah. you know like yeah. come on bro like is it, like was Jose Urena like such a pickup? I mean, I kind of feel bad for Urena because wasn't he on the Marlins? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the Marlins are on the up and up, but damn, that's actually let's, let's let's break this down for a second. Um, when will we see the Pirates or the Tigers in competition? Like, give, let's 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 predict real quick. What what are we looking at here? It, the Tigers are going to be a lot sooner than the Pirates. Um, yes. With the pi- with the Tigers, they have Casey Mize coming up. Who's he's like this filthy? You know, he's the first overall pick a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pirates are going to be. It's. I'll say this optimistically. It'll be quite a while before we see winning <laughs> baseball in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's sad. it's so sad over there right now. At least you're gonna get Kumar Rocker. Yeah, that's actually I'll, so hype though. That's like legit so hype. That's like the only thing good about Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, I'll tell you this: there are four teams that mm-hmm. I think in the next five years, or there are four teams that are in the gutter right now and not competing that in the next five years have a chance to run baseball. Um, Let me hear. Right now, it's the right now ish. It was the was the Astros. Their window, I would say, is just closed. Mm-hmm. The Padres. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Sox. The Braves and the White Sox. That's the four teams right now. Yeah. Wait, did you say Braves or Rays? Braves. Actually, and the Rays are an honorable fifth mention, but they... Yeah. 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 Those five, we'll, we'll stick with those five teams. I think the next four teams that you're going to see rise mm-hmm. are, in the next five years, you can see the Mariners. You word. You're going to see the Tigers make the playoffs and start competing again. You're going to see the Orioles. And then you're going to see the Tigers. Those are the four teams that are going in that direction. Wait, the Mariners, Tigers, Orioles, and... Mariners, Tigers, Orioles, and Pirates. The Pirates Pirates are actually a very improved farm system. I was just reading an article about them on MLB.com the other day about how they're one of the top five most improved farm systems in baseball over the last year. And that usually just leads to success down the line. So that's that's actually really good for them. I'm happy to hear that. And yes, they are probably slightly further behind than the Tigers and, the Tigers and mm-hmm. definitely the Mariners. I think the Mariners are probably at least really, really close to where the Blue Jays are in their rebuild phase. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, however, I do see the Pirates making noise sooner than people expect. I think when teams rebuild. A lot of the times, they're people hop on the bandwagon about a year before they get good, yeah. and so you start to like you know the White Sox started making noise. They started getting interesting. Same thing with the Padres. Um, the Rays have been making noise, and I think the Mariners are kind of at that phase at, at that stage right now where they're you know they could be making noise this year. They're gonna get some people on the bandwagon. They're gonna. Have a lot of people saying they're going to be good in a couple of years, and I think that's where the Pirates will be at in probably two years from now. Yeah. I think their their window is probably coming up sooner than most people expect, but it's still far away. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Well, moving on to uh, Trevor Bauer. Yeah. He's getting a little 
big for his britches, I'd say. Um, yeah, we 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 talked about it a little bit last night in the group chat, but um, so ba- isn't the basically that Bauer is rumored to be wanting a thirty to thirty six to forty million per year salary? Yeah. So I, I, got the, I got the deal. I got the uh, tweet right in front of me. So uh, yeah, John Heyman reported on Twitter that Trevor Trevor Bauer is seeking a five or six year deal for between thirty six and forty million dollars a season. Um, Heyman also writes that Bauer's agent Rachel Luma Rachel Luba declined to say anything. And first of all, I am not paying thirty six million dollars a year for Trevor Bauer. I'm not doing that. Why not? He's had two good years and his uh, one good year and one average year. Mm-hmm. He won. He won the Cy Young last year. He doesn't have very much track record. Um, he has stayed healthy. I'll give him that. He has stayed healthy. That's probably due to his um, uh, dr- uh, driveline program. But I have not seen. I have not seen thirty-six million dollars. I think. You look at him in his entire career, and I'm not really sure if I would give Trevor Bauer uh, $36 million a year. Oh, it's just it's steep, you know. I'm trying to be in comparison. I, th- I think Jack just cut out. Jack, we lost you. He left. All right, well, you know, I'll, I'll say what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, for Jack to come back. Um, Trevor Bauer is seeking a five to six million dollar deal. He's twenty nine years old. That's going to take him to about age thirty five season, age thirty four, age thirty five. Um, and a two hundred million dollar contract. That's huge. Um, let me list some other players in the ballpark of two hundred million dollar deals. Um, Zach Greinke signed for two hundred six million dollars. With the Diamondbacks, um, from it was a five-year deal. Um, Max Scherzer has a two hundred ten million dollar contract, which was another it was a six-year deal with the Nationals. Um, mm-hmm. He'll be free agent after twenty twenty-one. Um, Prince Fielder, but you know he's he's not relevant he's, anymore. Yeah. Um, Clayton Kershaw had a six-year two hundred fifteen million dollar deal. Uh, and then David Price is another pitcher with a massive contract, $217 million. So when I look at those names and I look at Trevor Bauer, um, you know, I really, I look, I look at these contracts and I say some of them are really bad decisions that haven't worked out for teams. David Price, not worth $217 million. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, he's worth every penny of the $215 million. Uh, yeah, Max Scherzer, I would say he's probably worth two hundred ten million dollars. Zach Greinke, I don't think he's worth a lick of two hundred million dollars. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. And so I think you're asking yourself, okay, Trevor Bauer is twenty nine years old. He's probably in his he is in his physical prime right now. Um, how many years of that are you banking on? Um, there he is. There we go. Yeah, hello. I was just taking over for you. Thank you. Um, and I, I don't. I find it very hard for a team in the middle of pandemic to want to spend two hundred million dollars on Trevor Bauer. I think yeah. the market 
I've heard the market is slow for him right now. Mm-hmm. I don't really see him in the same category as uh, Max Scherzer or Clayton Kershaw. No, um, because no, I yeah. Jack, you missed it. But those were the those were two of the other four pitchers that I named that are being paid around two hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, the four I mentioned again were David Price, two hundred seventeen million dollar contract. I think that's a bad contract. Yep. Yeah, I think that's like the worst contract in all of like sports history. I think it's like. What the, the thing is about that? That's one of the worst. Yeah, and then Clayton Kershaw, two hundred fifteen mil, worth every penny. I said a minute ago, Max Scherzer, two hundred ten mil. I'd say he's worth about that much money. And then Zach Greinke, I don't think the two hundred six million dollar contract that he signed was worth it for the Diamondbacks, even though they got rid of him and they traded him. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're asking yourself. Like what Noah said, he had one great year, won the Cy Young in a shortened season, and an average year. I love Trevor Bauer. I I think he's great for the game. He promotes the game. I think he'd be a fantastic commissioner. However, I do not see him getting $200 million from any team during a pandemic. Yeah, Yeah, I I think if he was... I think if he was maybe 27 or 28, he could get... I, I'm predicting around a three, three or four year deal for Bauer. Mm. Something around... he. I think he should get around 25 to 30 million a year. Um, I think if... I think... If, if you have an actual argument for Trevor Bauer being worth more than Garrett Cole, I think... Mm-hmm. Well, I think A, you're on crack, but B, I would love to hear it. Um, but here, the, the, what what kind of irritated me was when uh, Trevor Bauer responded to that tweet and said, "John, thank God for you. I'm learning so much about my free agency from your tweets. Keep them coming." <laughs> and uh, which you know, I'm guessing that Heyman probably tweeted out something that was like fabricated or whatever. He tweeted uh, but, out that the market for him is slow, and I, I, I think that might have been the tweet he replied to, but don't quote me. And and it's just like, dude, you don't need to be a genius to figure that out. Like, it's it's January basically. Yeah. Um, but this is the whole thing, and what I really just wanted to say, I guess, is like, Trevor Bauer is a very good player, mm-hmm. and Trevor Bauer is the best player on the free agent market. Yeah, but at the same time. Trevor Bauer is treating himself like he's this sort of god. Yeah, I was looking at his stats real quick. It, it's just in comparison to Garrett Cole, which is like someone else that is making big bank. Um, that he's probably and, and deserves yeah. deserves to be making big bank. The thing with um in Garrett Cole's situation is that he was consistently putting up an ERA of three or lower throughout his whole career, right? Obviously shorter uh, experience than Trevor, but still. And throughout that time, he still wasn't getting paid that much, like in the typical baseball salary, getting one million here, three million here. When he went to Astros, it was six million. It was only until recently, after seven years of consistency for him to be able to really ask for that amount of money. For, uh, for Trevor Bauer, it's like a lot of sixes, a lot of high fours, it wasn't only until recently where he hit this insane ERA. And that was, I mean, not trying to say, like, COVID is the reason why he got such a low ERA. But, I mean, he was only 60 games. It's a small sample size in comparison to his pass. And in 2019, he had a 6.39 ERA. I mean, I there's no correlation to the work put out to 
the reward here. Yeah. Um, he's got a career ERA of 3.9. Mm-hmm. He's got a career FIP of 3.85, which is actually closer than I thought. But still, I just don't think that that's 36 to $40 million a year. And I think, you know, Bauer, if you're, if you're hearing this, man, like just, you know, kind of get off your high horse and like let's – also, come on the podcast. Come, I would love to have him on the podcast, but like, c- c- come down to earth a little bit and just, you know, I, like you're a damn. I know I can't say shit because I'm not a major league pitcher. I just pitched in high school. That was it. But like, come on, man. Like, come down to earth a little bit. You need to realize you're not a god among men. A man. You're a professional athlete. But yeah. just, just sign. Quit milking yourself. And I guess in a sense, he he's sucking his own dick a little bit. And. <laughs> I mean that's the best way of putting it, and just just come down to earth. And how about you just sign with the team, okay? <laughs> like, yeah. I here's, would, a, here's a question: Would you want Trevor Bauer on the Mariners? Or I, I, I guess your favorite. Okay, I, the Mariners are our favorite team. That's why I said that. But do you think that Trevor Bauer is going to help out one of those rebuilding teams? No, I think you should go to the White Sox. I think you should. I think if I'm giving Trevor Bauer a contract tomorrow. I'm signing him to a four-year in the ballpark of 30 to $33 million. He definitely is at the point where it's like, okay, you are overpaying for pitching no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the way baseball is. It's like yeah. in the NFL, you're going to overpay for a quarterback if you think he's going to take you to that next level. Yeah. Getting ace or ace-type pitcher that you think Trevor Bauer is I think that's in the ballpark of an appropriate payday for him. I think four years is going to be a lot better for him than six years because um, he's 29. Four years would put him age 33 season, being a free agent again. I think that is when you can go for another big contract. Because if he's good good in this contract, he can get an even bigger payday after age 33. If he proves that he is, you know, this Cy Young caliber ace type pitcher. But I'm not going to give a $200 million contract for five to six years uh, for a one-time all-star and a guy who won a Cy Young in the 60-game season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just just not going to do it. Not a smart business decision. Because what yeah, if he doesn't play now? What if he sucks? What if he regresses, you know? Yeah. He brings a and I, rambling on a lot here but he brings a lot of noise um mm-hmm. true which i think some organizations it's great for some maybe not so great for um yeah but it's- i gotta tell you i don't like the fact that uh he's posting on his youtube oh i like this fan base more than this fan base right because they're doing cool things with photoshop and they're not um they seem like they really want me and they don't well, shut the hell up dude you're, you don't give a damn about the fans. You're trying to get money. We all know it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll let you... I, I think, yeah, I think there is a bit of a popularity con- contest to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think teams like... I guess it's always like this, but teams like the Yankees are much more likely to sign a big-name player than someone like the Royals. Not just because of money, but because of the name. And I think with Trevor Bauer, that's definitely part of it too and that's important to him because he he does you know, like it or not i mean i'm gonna say it but he is he's a little kid he likes attention he likes people watching him 
And that's, I mean, you're in the major league, so, like, you're going to get a lot of people watching you. But by that same token, like, he wants all eyes on me. That's him. All eyes on me, all times. It's a little childish, but, I mean, I think it's good for baseball. Yeah, I think, I I do think it's good for baseball. I think it's good to have sort of like a, like a rebel in a sense. Yeah, I think, I I think it's good for baseball, because I think he's, I think he is the player in the game right now that is best going to grow the game. You look at Mike Trout, mm-hmm. he's a quiet kid covered in L.A. Like, how how are you in L.A., you're on the Angels, and you're not, like, making the most noise out of anybody? That Like, maybe because they're not competing, maybe he's buried by the Dodgers brand and the Lakers being there. I don't know what it is. But I think, I think Trevor Bauer is great for baseball. I don't think he's worth the money he's asking. He's annoying me a little bit, but, you know, I'll tolerate it for um, the betterment of the sport. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Well, um, two more talking points. Uh, one, Howie Kendrick has announced his retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, Max, you, you said it best when you said we should retire his number for just torching the Astros in the 2019 <laughs> World Series. Bars. Um, yes. Yeah, he had, he had a good career. Um, no, not a Hall of Famer by any means, but he really worked hard. And I think we did this for David Freeze about a year ago, and we'll do it for Howie Kendrick too. But you know, wish him well in retirement. Yeah. Um, perfect time to do it too. Good. Won the World Series for the Nationals, got a ring. I, yeah. I'd be perfectly content with that career. And then to end off this episode, mm-hmm. the MLB has added the Negro League statistics to the official records. Oh yeah, um, I've seen that. Which is long overdue. Quite. And it's I there's no argument around this. This is just this is awesome. Yeah, that's no, awesome. Um, yeah. great. Yeah, not really not much else to say. It's just good for the sport. Very good for the sport. I was wondering about it. I was thinking like Josh Gibson might be the new um home run home run king. Oh true. Because he hit like 800 or something like that. I remember I went to the Hall of Fame when I was younger and saw a bunch of stuff about that. So, yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say other than, like, long overdue, and I'm very <laughs> glad that this is happening. Yeah, because yeah. I really don't know anything about the Negro Leagues. I know a lot about the history of Major League Baseball, but I think integrating this is going to teach me more about the Negro Leagues because they deserve to be on the same pedestal as MLB. For sure. Um, hey, it's the same game. Same game. Same game. Um yeah. I think I've always thought the the argument for Babe Ruth being the greatest baseball player of all time was kind of whack uh, <laughs> because he competed before black people could play baseball, mm-hmm. um, Major League Baseball, that is. So I always thought his debate for the GOAT was kind of thrown out the window because of that and a few other reasons. Maybe that's a debate for another day. No, I think you're on it. I think a good way to little tie this together, though, is that um, isn't I believe CC Sabathia is getting a, a document soon and i believe yeah. it covers oh, yeah. some sort of the whole uh, african-american side of the sport so i think uh i think we'll be able to for people that aren't educated or want to know more i think uh there'll be some film coming your way t- anytime soon yeah no it's i actually i saw the other day i bought hbo max to watch uh wonder woman i don't want to get too sidetracked but but uh <laughs> but yeah i saw the hbo it's i think it's called under the uh I, let me look up the title cc sabathia it's now I need to find this. 
under, under the, the grapefruit grape tree. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it's a must-watch. Um, mm-hmm. I I I know CC Sabathia had a lot of stuff. I know he was an alcoholic for most of his career, which mm-hmm. we didn't really know. But yeah, I mean, I'm watching a lot of Star Wars right now. But I will definitely definitely be looking at that um uh that that show too and i encourage everyone out there listening to probably at least give look it up because it's it's interesting it's very interesting yeah it's out it's on hbo max yeah Um, under the grapefruit tree the cc sabathia story we could you know we could do we could all watch that and then come back come back uh, give like a show show review yeah that sounds nice Uh, we could do that but yeah. anyway, I think that ends the episode for 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 now. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's New Year's tomorrow, so if you're listening to this, you know, make safe decisions and sure. also That'd stay safe out there during during the New Year's. And I don't want to be cliche because where I work, I'm getting sick and tired of hearing all the 2020 jokes. But <laughs> it is going to be nice to kind of put it behind us. Um, so yeah, signing off for the last time of 2020. Uh, if you like this podcast, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, wherever. You can follow us on YouTube and Instagram, and you can follow me on Instagram at Noah Koffler. You can follow me at J Cross Orton. Uh, slightly new Instagram user at Max W Gordon. Yo, switching it up. I like nice. it. Let's go. I like it. Uh, And we will see you guys in 2021 for Season 2, Episode 13.